Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus Podcast. My name is Shane Winnings, and today we're going to talk about being rich. Is it a sin to be rich? We're going to answer that question. First, thank you all for listening. Guys, the, the video yesterday, if you didn't know, I'm, I'm recording uh, video episodes this week, and they're going on my YouTube channel. So you can listen to the audio podcast on Spotify or Apple or Google or wherever, but on YouTube, you could watch the video ones if you'd like. Um, there's little links and stuff in there, but it's really not much different. But that is taking off, and that's because you guys are sharing. And so I want to ask you to continue to do that. If this episode speaks to you, if you learn anything, hit that little arrow or hit the message button, hit the copy link button, and send it to a couple friends and family or, or post it on your Instagram, and uh, it really helps us get the word out. Look, the Overcomer School is only two months away. July 10th, it kicks off, and we have slots left. So if you want to join us on this Zoom digital school, the first one we've ever done, the launch of this school, which eventually will be in person, uh, go to shanewinnings.com. If you're on YouTube, I'm going to put the link up here, and you can check that out. You can find more info. But go to shanewinnings.com. You can find out more information. You can see the itinerary, and you can apply. It only takes a few minutes to do so. We're going to get into identity hardcore. We're going to get into the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to get into prayer and fasting. And you will leave equipped and more bold to walk out this life and this faith in Jesus Christ in the midst of a twisted and perverse generation. That is the heart of it, and I believe we're going to accomplish that with the help of our Lord Jesus Christ. Finally, guys, we're looking for partners still. We gained one yesterday. We're still hitting our goal of at least one a day for the next 21 days. We need 21 more partners this month to commit to a dollar a day. That's all we're asking. Uh, $30 a month. We're doing so many things. We've got so many trips coming up. I'm about to fly to Kona, Hawaii on Overcomer's Dime. Not asking, not charging. Um, I don't do that sort of thing. And uh, so we need your help to make things like that happen. I'm getting ready to train uh, kids who are going to the Middle East to evangelize. Going to be teaching at some other schools as well. That is just one example. So if you want to partner with us, go to shanewinnings.com and click donate, and you could sign up to become a monthly partner and get access to the monthly donor Zoom, which is a lot of fun, and uh, the next one's coming up in a few weeks. So let's get back to this. We're talking about money. Being rich in and of itself is not a sin. Having money is not a sin. Having resources is not a sin. Having a Rolex or a, a, a plasma TV that's 100 inches or a projector or having a whatever, it is not a sin. Having a Ferrari is not a sin. The Bible makes it clear that the love of money is the problem. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil, not just some, all, the love of money. And so the real question here is, what do you love? What is your motive? You know, Jesus taught uh, a parable about talents, you know, coins. And the person who loaned the talents out was more pleased with the one who went out and invested their talents and received 
uh, twice back what they put in. They, 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 well, they made twice, you know, they, they got five and they came back with 10. Um, they got interest. And the guy who loaned it to them was pleased because they went out and they made more money. It was beneficial to all. Now, obviously, this parable, it wasn't just talking about money. It was a greater thing uh, representing, you know, what are you doing with your life? But the principle is still the same. What are you doing with what you've been given? Are you stewarding it well? And here's the real question when it comes to being rich. Why? Why do you want to be rich? Now, is it wrong to want nice things? Totally not. Not at all. I remember um, a few years ago, my wife and I had to get our kitchen remodeled. It was actually covered under an insurance claim because we found mold. There was a leak. It was a whole big thing. It was a several-month process. It was all covered by our insurance company. Praise the Lord. But we got to remodel our kitchen in the process because it, it just it worked out that way. We had a great contractor. who got us a great deal. And, uh, and the insurance company covered it all. But we opted for the nicest appliances. We wanted quartz countertops. We wanted real nice floors, wood floors. We did a backsplash. I mean, we, we went all out. Is it wrong to want nice things? I don't believe it is. Where you get in trouble is if you love those things. Because when you love something, you'll do just about anything to get it. And that's where the problem lies. Because as Christians, we have one love. And it's Jesus Christ. We love Jesus. And the Bible says that God will give us the desires of our heart. Does that mean if I want a Ferrari, he's going to give me that? Now listen, the desires of my heart should be his desires. Because I have a new heart. And he lives inside of me. And if I am yielded to him, and I'm not living by the flesh, but by the Spirit, then my desires will be his desires. And so it's very easy for God to give you the desires of your heart when your desires are his, because he's just fulfilling his own desire in you. Is this making sense? You see, being rich is not, it's not wrong. You know, Abraham, I believe, would uh, be looked at very critically in the eyes of the modern Christian because he was loaded. I mean, Abraham was extremely wealthy. So was Joseph. So was King David. You see, the truth is this. You can do more with resources than you can do without them. God even spoke this over a people when he was talking about a blessing that they would be lenders, not borrowers. How many of you want to be a lender and not a borrower anymore? I remember Jess and I got in this place where we're like, Lord, we want to be able to help people. Like our heart position was not, God, give us more, give us more, give us more, because we need or we want or we this. We reached this place, even when we were paycheck to paycheck, and I'm talking literally, you know, maybe $100 left over to splurge with and oftentimes we wouldn't splurge we would just put it towards debt because she had so much student loan debt and we had a, a car payment and we had a wedding to pay off that we paid for by ourselves and we had a honeymoon that we paid for by ourselves I mean it was real but our hearts were Lord we want to be lenders not borrowers 
We, we, not even just lenders. We just want to be givers, extravagant givers. I remember praying for our wedding um, five years ago, and I said, Lord, please let someone give us $10,000 for the wedding because we'll give 5000 of it away. And that, that heart position has not changed through the years. No matter what kind of income we brought in, our heart wasn't, Lord, we want this, we want this, we need this, we've got to have this. It was God give to us so that we can give away because we have friends in need and we want to be able to fulfill that need in your name because you'll get the glory, not us. I mean, doesn't it grip you and and touch your heart when your friend or your family is like, you know, I I need I need five hundred dollars to to make my rent or I just I just had this thing break down in my car. It's going to be a thousand bucks. Like, don't you want to just be able to just do that for them? And just say, look, this is all God's anyways. God's telling me to do this. I'm going to do it. Give him the glory, not me. Don't you want to just be able to pay that for people? That was our heart position. And and we noticed that as we began to do that more and more, God would give us more and more. Even when we were paycheck to paycheck, we were still tithing and giving money away. Now, if you go to any financial advisor who's in the secular world, they're, they're going to probably cut that out first. You tell them, hey, we've got a hundred grand in student loan debt and all this other stuff. They're going to say, well, the first thing you need to do is stop giving away 10% of your income. That should go towards the debt. I mean, you've got interest, you've got all this stuff. It doesn't financially make sense to give money away when you need money and when you have debt that has interest, that is compounding. But there's a biblical principle of obedience and stewardship. And Jess and I knew we'll go further with 90% that's blessed because we're giving 10% away. We'll go further with a blessed 90% than with an, a, a disobedient 100%. That 10%, <laughs> that's everything. And we haven't changed, and I've noticed through the years whether we were paycheck to paycheck or whether we had excess, we continued to give 10% of whatever we brought in that month, even when it fluctuated. Even when I worked a bunch of overtime and we made another $2,000, we still tithed off of that 2000 and we still gave above and beyond that 10% because we know and we remember the things that we told God. Lord, if you give us more, we'll give away more. We didn't say that, and then we got more, and we went, well, you know, we could really use this, and I know what we said, God, but maybe next time. No, we remembered what we said, and we continue to give. If God can trust you with a little, then he can trust you with much. This is a biblical principle. Some of you have been praying for more money, but God can't trust you with little. And so in his mercy, he's preventing you from getting more because it would kill you. It would destroy you. You would be crushed by it. You think that the problem is that you don't have enough money and God is saying you don't have enough discipline. When Jess and I were paycheck to paycheck, I was convinced we just needed, we just needed more. We needed to work overtime. We needed this and that. And we got humbled quickly. And we, we fell into this Dave Ramsey plan and we soon realized we don't need any more money. We lacked discipline. And I was so thankful that God did not give us more in that time. Because we were praying. We're like, Lord, we're giving away, we're giving away, but man, we're not, we're not making any progress. And the Lord said, you're not disciplined. 
we got on this Dave Ramsey thing, and all of a sudden we realized we were being horrible stewards of our money, even though we were tithing and blessing. We were being horrible stewards of our money. Why? I'll ask you the same question that was asked to us. Do you know where every single dollar is going when you get paid? Now, unless you're incredibly rich and successful and you have like no debt, then that wouldn't apply to you because, you know, if you're bringing in thousands and thousands or tens of thousands a month and you only have a little debt, well, you might not have every dollar accounted for, although you should, I think, no matter what you're bringing in. But for most people listening to this, you fall in the average and you're, you're living either comfortable or tight. Do you know where every dollar goes? Because Jess and I began to sit down and it was the, you know, when you have a debt problem, it is the one thing that just, it feels like it's hanging over your head and it's a heavy weight. It's a dark cloud. It's just like a looming thing. Don't fall victim to that. Sit down, figure out where your dollars are going, and then take authority over those dollars. We realized, man, a little money's going here, just a little out to eat. We weren't going to fancy restaurants, but we were, you know, we'd spend $30, $40 here and there. We get a little thing off of Amazon. We get a little thing from Target, a little thing from Hobby Lobby, and the next thing you know, we're strapped again. What happened? I worked all this overtime. How'd this happen? And our debt has not even gone down that much. We were horrible stewards. When we sat down and we figured out where every dollar was going to go, we began to take authority over our situation. And we began to command the money where to go. We would say, okay, we got paid, you know, $2,000. Okay, here's the rent. Here's the car payment. Here's the insurance. Here's the TV. Here's the groceries. Here's the gas. Here's whatever. Okay, what do we have left? Let's tell that where to go. This month we're paying this debt. Boom, boom, boom. We're going to put 10 into savings. Obviously, we've already tied 10%. We begin to dictate and delegate where this money would go. And all of a sudden, as time went by, debt went down, savings went up, and we began to bless people more and more and more because we had more. But we were making no extra money. We were stewarding what we had well. Why am I telling you this? If you can steward a little, if you can continue to tithe, and bless, and be generous, and be disciplined, then you can do it with much. If you can't do it with 5,000, then you're not going to do it with 50,000. It's not a money problem. It never is. If you look up what happens to most people who win the lottery, they end up bankrupt, or they end up broke after like a decade or so. An overwhelming percentage of them, it's actually insane, and it's because people have a discipline problem. Don't let that be said of you. Come on, we want to be generous people. And I'm telling you, you can't outgive God. I remember, that, you know, we, we do a lot of things and we don't talk about it because there's no reason to. And you also don't want to let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. You never want to, you know, give your flesh an opportunity to try to whatever. You don't want to reap a reward. That's a heavenly reward. But I just remember there was a time where um, I was talking with a friend about this topic, and I had recently given a, a, another friend a couple hundred dollars. I think I gave him $200. They needed something. They were fundraising for something. I can't remember. And $200 is a lot of money. 
but I just felt like I heard the Lord when I saw the request on social media. I felt like I heard the Lord just say, give 200. And I have learned that when God speaks to me in that area, I just obey immediately because I trust him. Now I've given, and Jess and I have given, and it didn't make sense at the time. It didn't make sense. But you know what I've learned? And this is a biblical principle about when someone asks you for something, and if you have it, don't tell them that you don't. Now, if someone's posting something on social media or whatever, they're not asking you directly. So it's not like you're on trial and you have to answer. But I'm saying when I see someone asking for something, and I've got it, and I feel the Lord provoke me, I'm just going to give it. Now, I might need that money later, but I don't need it right now. This person does need it right now. And so this person asked for $200, and I said, well, I have it right now, and they need it right now, so I'm going to give it to them because I trust God, and I know Him, and I know He'll provide. And literally, like two hours later, I got a random Venmo from some guy who said, hey, love your ministry. God told me to give you this. It was $200. (laughs) Like God does that all the time. Now I don't, don't, don't go out there and try this as a method because you're, then you're just giving to get. No, no, no. You give because God puts it on your heart to give and you want to be obedient and you want to be a good steward and you trust him as a father to always provide for you. But it's not a method like go give 500 and then you'll get 500. That is, that's messed up. That's not even the right heart. I wasn't giving thinking about, oh, I'll get this back. That's not even sacrificial. That's just an exchange. Okay, God, I gave it to him. Your turn. No, 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 no. You give sacrificially. You go, hey, I I don't know if this is going to come back or not. All I do know is that God will take care of me. I don't know what that looks like, but I know that he's good. I'm going to give this away. And in that particular instance, someone gave it to us two hours later. And I'm telling you, things like that have happened so many times in my life. And God was speaking to me that day and he said, Shane, I'm never going to let you go without. It's not always going to look like this, but I want you to see my heart as a father. I see when you sacrifice and just know that I see it. And because I see it, I'll always do something about it. It might look like this Venmo. It might look like something else. Who knows? I'm just telling you, I'm always going to take care of you. And when you begin to take little leaps of faith like that, you build a relationship with God to where when he puts it on your heart to give even a bigger amount, someone says, hey, I just, my car broke down. I need $1,000. And they send a group text. You can message them privately and say, hey, God, you know, God just spoke to me. I'm going to give you the whole thousand. I know you just asked the group, but I just feel like I'm supposed to do it. You might not be rich. You might not have all that. But you know what? If God tells you to do it, just do it and just trust him. He will always take care of you. He'll always provide. My grandma used to sponsor like 10 kids every month. She wasn't a rich lady. She lived in the same house for like, oh shoot, at least 33 years because I'm about to be 33 years old and she's been in there as long as I can remember. And she was always giving away, always. And I was like, Grandma, why do you give so much? I mean, you know, it's great to give, but I just couldn't get it. But you know what? The Lord has never let her go without. Now, it's, it's, she didn't get promoted, and now she lives in this big, nice house and fancy stuff because, well, well done, good and faithful servant. Now I'm going to give you a bigger house and a bigger... No. But she was never without. 
and she continues to give to those kids and she continues to give to our family and bless us on birthdays and stuff like that. I mean, God has always provided for her. She's been consistent. She's been steadfast. I'm sure that you know someone like that. Don't you want to be someone like that? Don't you want to be someone who just gives? Why am I talking about this so much? Because the love of money is the root of all evil. And the way to kill that and to nip it in the bud and to not even let that love begin to spark and then a flame and then let it rise and grow. But the way to just get rid of all of that is to give. If you feel your flesh and your heart wanting money, wanting this and that, give away more. Don't let that become a stronghold in your life. And the way that you kill strongholds is you go hard the other way. And look, this is the same principle for ministry. There's people who they think that if they just had the big platform, if they just had all the followers, if they could just preach at the big events, that would be it. I'm telling you, God's not going to let that happen because it will destroy you. Or God does let it happen to some people because they learn a hard lesson. Because I'm telling you, there are people that do not have the character to hold levels of influence that they want. And if they were to get it, it would crush them because it would be all about them and they would feel awesome and qualified and and look, everyone's looking at me and my face and my name's on the graphic and I'm on the social media and I've got the speaker badge and I get to walk around the conference. Why do you want all that? Come on, the love of money is the root of all evil. I'm telling you, the love of people, of people loving you, the love of being worshipped, so to speak, the love of being loved, the love of ministry is also evil. There is one thing, one person that we are to love. It is God. When you love God, you stay surrendered to Him, you trust Him. Guys, I, I didn't wake up and I had 1.3 million followers across social media and I'm preaching across the, the, the globe now. That didn't happen overnight. I was preaching to no one. I was on the street corner just preaching to whoever would listen. I would go to I would go to the University of Washington and the Tacoma campus and just preach to whoever would listen as they walked by and laughed at me and yelled. Maybe some person would stop here and there, but I wasn't preaching to a crowd. Or I'd preach to two or three who would stand around and then I would preach to five. Or I'd get on social media and I'd make a video for 50 followers on TikTok. 200 followers on TikTok. Eventually got a thousand so I could go live. I'd go live for 10 people. I'd preach an hour-long message for 10 people. The next week, I'd do it again for 50 people. The next week, I'd do it again for 200 people. The next week, I'd do it again for 456 people. I remember that. I remember that night that it was 456 live streaming. And I said, oh my gosh. And the Lord said, you were faithful with little. And now watch. And a few weeks later, I was live streaming to 5,000 people on TikTok. And then I get invited to one church and it's a, or I get invited to teach at a small group and then at a house church and then at a church with a hundred and then a church with 200 and then at a conference with a thousand and then at a conference with 5,000. If you can be trusted with little, you can be trusted with much. But if you love the much and you need the much, you're going to be destroyed because if you won't do it for the one, 
if you won't steward your little paycheck well, you're not you're going to be killed by a bigger one. Is this making sense, guys? The love of money is the root of all evil. Get that thing out of your heart if you've got it. If you need to fast, you need to fast. If you need to give, you need to give. Don't let that thing overtake you. You want to be someone who could lend. You want to be like Joseph, who God trusted to be able to give to the people when there was a time of need because he had saved, he had stewarded, he had obeyed, he had listened to the voice of God. You want to be like these people who had so many resources, but they could give it away. I'll finish with this. Think about if all of the money in the world belonged to, you know, spirit-filled Christians who love the Lord, love people, and just followed his voice. I'm telling you, poverty would be reduced dramatically. Why? Because if Jess and I can hear a friend say, man, I, I, I need this money for rent, or I'm going to be late on my payment or my car or whatever, and we can give it to them. And we don't have much. Like, we're missionaries. Imagine if I had all the money in the world. Imagine if I had Bill Gates' money. Imagine if I had $100 billion. How much student loans could we pay off for people? How much debt could we get rid for people? Guys, I'm telling you, God wants his money in the hands of people he can trust. And that should be us as Christians. We should be the last people that are hoarding, that are selfish, that are jealous, that are greedy and envious. We have to be lovers of God. We have to be generous. We have to be givers. And we can't be driven by anything. We should be driving our money. We should not be driven by it. Amen? Come on, listen. If this helped you, please hit that share button. Like the podcast. uh, Give us a rating, a review on whatever platform you're listening on. It really helps. And we have three more episodes coming this week. So make sure you follow and subscribe and turn on those notifications because when I post a new episode, you'll get an update. Finally, guys, you can check out my new book, Your Next Leap of Faith. It is available this fall. You can pre-order it now. Go to shanewinnings.com. I would love for you to get a copy. Um, I've had a wild life of just radical obedience to God, and I want to equip you and help you to do the same, to lay it all down for Jesus, and you will find a life that you never thought was possible. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow.